I, I want to build up other women regardless of if their claim to fame was a pearl necklace. And oh, <laughs> that's fine. It's fine. What's, what's the date? This is the 23rd. It's April 23rd. It's 1-11. This is a really good time to start. Um, hey, guys. So a lot of stuff has happened since our last episode. Like a lot of things have happened. Like almost to the point where like I don't even know how we're going to talk about it because. There's just like too many things that are happening right now. There's too many people that want to run for president. There's too many things that the current president is doing that is just chaos. It's just all a mess. With uh, all 19 Democratic You candidates. mean all 642 Democratic can- The entire House of Representatives is running for uh, the presidency in case anybody was wondering. So. Let me recap who I know is running for president, and you interject with, like, who I've left out. Eric Swalwell. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> um, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, Lizzie, Bernard, Joseph. Biden. Biden's not running, but he's in the polls, which we'll address in a minute. But Well, because he's going to announce, like, tomorrow. No, he's not. You said that the last time we were I know, but it's like he's our, he, on Sunday he started accepting fundraising money. Okay, okay. So we'll throw Biden in there. Um, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a Democratic candidate, though. He was a Democrat once, though. Um, Cory Booker, Julian Castro, Andrew Yang, Jay Inslee. Eric Swalwell. What's Beto's first name? It's just Beto. It's Robert. Robert. I think. I'm pretty sure his Beto name is. Beto O'Rourke. That's yeah. it. I was like, what is his full moniker? Like, I knew it was something. I knew it just wasn't Beto. All right. That's, I think that's all I Seth remember. Seth Moulton. Tim Ryan. Eric Swallow. I don't even know how many we named, but. There's a lot of fucking people. Marion Williamson. No. <laughs> Marion Williamson is nothing. If I. She is a con artist. I w- the issue with Marion Williamson is that she's not anything. I read her books. I do have a few books by Marion Williamson, mm-hmm. and I read uh, books from people like under her tutelage, kind of. Mm-hmm. And um, what are they about? They're about spirituality. So she she is good in that aspect. <laughs> what does that have to do with the presidency? It doesn't have anything one to do with the presidency. Two, and my liberal colors might be showing here, but. I firmly believe in the separation of church and state. And I believe that personal ideology also falls into that category. So I don't think that her love is the movement platform because is that, substantial for the run for the president of the United States. No, because it doesn't have anything to do with like how to create a job or right. how to better somebody's life other than their feelings. Exactly. And which feel- is important. And she's doing important work in her field. Yes. But politics is not her field. Therefore, she shouldn't be in here. And I would argument that argue that she's becoming a detriment to her field because all her running for president is doing is getting people to donate money to her for absolutely no reason. So They're not ha- going to see a return on those dollars because she is not going She's not going to make it far to do anything. So what happens to the money that's donated to her campaign when she's ousted, which I assume is going to be fairly soon? I mean, the people who donated money, they don't get that back. Right, right. Just to pay back her obligations and stuff. But 
as far as like the donors, like they're not going to. Right. They're better off throwing their money into a trash can. I just feel like you can't, you can't run a, the country on your personal ideology, which I agree with her personal ideology. But that has nothing to do. But it's her, per, like it's personal. It's like how I'm going to live my day-to-day life. It's not like how I'm going to pass legislation and create jobs. And, and get people covered for healthcare and things exactly. like that. It doesn't, those two things, she's got to stay in her particular. Stay in her lane. Yeah. And that sounds rude. And that's not what I'm trying to do. Cause I like her. I just don't, I don't need her to be over, over here. I need no. her to stay. And I feel that way about anybody who's running for president that has absolutely no inkling of government experience at all. And that goes for Donald Trump. Right. That was one of the reasons why I personally wasn't a fan because I don't believe in the, we need an outsider to come here. No, thank you. And they asked Pete Buttigieg that question. But he's actually in government, though. No, he hasn't served he have... at the federal or state level. Right. But he still has experience has some idea. in public service. Right. He, he is a politician. Yeah. He holds political office. Right. So is that, like, substantial for you? In terms Not of like, enough, no. Right. I don't think so. I don't know how being the mayor of a small town like that could translate into having any sort of experience to running the country. Right. But it's still early. So many people that are currently running that I think you'll see fall off before the debates even start. True. Julian Castro is not doing as well as I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Just because he's currently like the only Hispanic man running right. for the presidency. So I thought that he would have a little bit more of a following. Well, yeah, because immigration is such a, but then again, that button. falls into that identity politics that I think people are starting to get irritated with. Can you give us a brief, uh, definition? Identity politics. It's hard to explain. Like there's not like a set definition for it necessarily. It's just all of these different groups of people are coming out feeling marginalized. Right. And we kind of are legislating off of it in a way. Where we're only focusing on particular issues. Yes. And a lot of them are having to do with people's specific identities, whether it's LGBT issues, gender identity issues, race issues, economic, social status issues. Right. Those are all specific subsets of identity. Right. And one side of the table argues that we should look at everybody as individuals. And who they are, as opposed to sectioning them off into different... Into different groups. Into different groups. So if I'm voting based on identity politics, I'm just voting for a person based on what satisfies my particular sphere of my life. Well, you're not necessarily voting for identity politics. It's... No, you're just looking at the candidate based on... How they... Talk about different groups of people, I guess. Okay. So now you're starting to see reparations arguments populate. You're starting to see more of the protections for gender identity and things like that that are becoming more mainstream. Right. And so does that mean like in terms of identity politics, you have to vote for Pete Buttigieg because he's a gay man? I mean, that would be one way of looking at it if you right. were going to... That's like a very extreme way of looking at it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but sure. I mean, you could look at it that way. Okay. 
but some would argue that that gets in the way of other things that are important that attract independent voters, like talking about the economy and jobs. Right. And because if I like, I'm just throw his name out there again, Pete Buttigieg, because he's gonna probably. I feel like he would probably do the most in terms of LGBTQ rights. He would have the most con the most contacts, right? But like that that's not like substantial enough for like the presidency. Like I need to know how he's going to create jobs. I need to know like how he's going to give us all health care. Right. And a lot of these candidates and all of the questions that they're being asked at these town halls are all identity driven. And we can get lost in that. And that was something that I think that happened in 2016 is you had this swath of the country that felt ignored because they weren't concerned about those things. They were concerned about their factories closing. They were concerned about the jobs that were leaving. But that's like a whole other conversation. I know. Factories closing, and that's a difficult conversation to have, but that's like... Well, factories closing is just one example. Well, but it's like an ebb and flow, but I don't think anyone wants to hear that. America can still have the competitive edge when it comes to manufacturing. That's not the issue. Right. The issue is the incentives that these businesses are getting to bring their jobs overseas and shit like that. We have to keep them here, but that's a different, that's a, that's a, that's also a whole other conversation. Yeah. But they're not talking about it. Um, they want to talk about reparations and Donald Trump. (laughs) Right. And I said this the last time I, I don't, want this whole campaign to be about beating Donald Trump. Like, yes, that's obviously the end goal, but like, I need, I want to hear like what some of your policies are. Like healthcare affects me personally. I don't have health insurance. I can't afford health insurance. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I would like for somebody to fix. (laughs) Right. I, job creation, I think affects me. I think making wages higher is something that everybody can get behind, but nobody wants to fucking talk about it because we're worried about Russia. So let's use that as a segue. Into the Mueller report. Into the Mueller report. The Mueller report, depending on who you are, either made the president look like a guilty, corrupt dictator. Mm Mm-hmm. Or it completely exonerated him and no crime was committed. And we're taking our tops off in the street. And we're taking our tops off in the street. So the Mueller report was 426 pages. Bunch of it redacted. How much of it was redacted? I have no idea. A lot of it. So much of it. <laughs> it was sad redacted. It was it was redacted. It was like a sexual fetish. Like, like that's how redacted they were it like, was. Mm, redact. Essentially, the Mueller report was going to let us know that the president colluded with Russia to win the 2016 election. Well, so, no, it was to see if he did or not. Well, I'm, I'm just giving some context because like Chelsea yesterday asked, what is the Mueller report? <laughs> <laughs> so I needed to explain for them. Chelsea is our friend. We, I needed to explain like what it was and who Robert Mueller is. He's mm-hmm. the one that investigated Donald Trump for, what, two years? Yes, he's a special prosecutor. He used to be head of the FBI. So he investigated Donald Trump, and now we have the Mueller report. And now we have the Mueller report. The end. But nothing, hap- nothing happened. It didn't show anything. It was, the evidence was inconclusive is the gist of what I got. But I don't care 
they could not conclusively prove whether or not he attempted to obstruct justice. Okay, so like that's not even, we can't even say that he obstructed justice. No, absolutely not. Well, what about like all the people that he was trying to get to like break the law? He didn't, they didn't do it. Or they convinced him that that was like not the right course of action. So, but is that not important that he tried to get people to break the law? It depends on who you ask. Okay, so I'm asking you. I don't have an opinion on that because I am not an expert in law. What is another opinion somebody that is an expert in law would have? Well, some would say yes, some would say no, depending on which party you're in. Does that fall under identity politics? (laughs) It is gay rights. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that Kim Kardashian is going to become a lawyer? You know what? That's cool. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. That is the only show where you have a bunch of fucking women that don't drink and fight each other. That is true. Um, I was going to say I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to this idea. No. I, I want to build up other women regardless of if their claim to fame was a pearl necklace. And. Oh. (laughs) That's fine. It's fine. They're here. They have built an empire. This is a Christian podcast, by the way. I'm I'm here for her becoming a lawyer. I'm here she, for her becoming. If she's gonna get stuff done and she's gonna you know make some change, then I'm okay with that. As long as she doesn't run for president, <laughs> she could do whatever she wants. She has a ton of influence. I bet you she could help a ton of people if she knows what she's doing. She seems to care about social issues. She does care about social issues. She absolutely does. So I support President Kim K. I'm just kidding because that tramples everything I said about Marion Williamson, but. I'm a hypocrite, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Did we mention the new the new candidates? Because there was like three or four. Well, there's Seth Moulton out of Massachusetts. Who you mentioned the last time. You called him out. You said you that he was going to throw his name in. Yep, and he did last week. And he's from where, Massachusetts? Or no, I'm sorry. He did that on Monday. Yes, he's out of Massachusetts. Oh, that's cool. Who yes. else? He's an ex-Marine. And he was one of the leaders of the revolt against Nancy Pelosi after the midterm elections. He led the revolt against Nancy Pelosi. He tried. What does that mean? That means that there was a bunch of Democrats or a handful of Democrats that weren't going to vote for her for speaker because they wanted somebody new. Like whom? I have no idea. They couldn't come up with a candidate. They had one in mind. Her name was Marsha Fudge, and she announced that she could potentially throw her hat in the ring for the speakership. Instead, Nancy Pelosi gave her a really good committee position. Okay. And then she was like, well, I'll vote for Nancy. I think I remember that. They yep. like met behind closed doors. They and then, sure did. Yeah. That was, that was badass. Yeah. He actually gave an interview right after the midterms and was like, we have enough people that we're going to have new leadership in this Congress, and Nancy's not going to be speaker. Boy, bye. Boy, bye. Because <laughs> guess he's the speaker. And he voted for her for the speakership, too. Nancy is his mother. Okay, so back to the Mueller report for, like, just a hot second, because I don't feel like we covered it long enough. Sure. We wanted to talk about why it doesn't matter to us, necessarily. And I it's, think really, it's really simple. The election is in a year and a half. There's no point in relitigating this for... 16 months for him to win the election and then for us to impeach him. Right. Like what would be the ha ha at the end of that? Nothing. Right. Stupidity. If it came back inconclusive. It's inconclusive. To me, that's just, there's not enough there for us to be like, yeah, 
he did it. They did it. It's happening. So I feel like we just need to drop it. I feel like that's just a waste of political capital. The Republicans already did this with Mr. Clinton in the 90s. So that keeps coming up as well because of the whole impeachment process. Like every town hall that we've watched thus far, they all keep getting asked about, should we move forward with impeachment? Should we move forward with impeachment? And most of them, I think, have said yes. It depends. Amy Klobuchar was very diplomatic, diplomatic in her response. She was like, it's for the House to decide. Her. She's the jury. She is the jury. And that's how it works. The House offers the indictment and then the Senate acts as the jury. It's actually, impeachment's really cool because like everybody's involved. Like the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court presides over the trial in the Senate. So it's kind of like what's going on in Game of Thrones right now where like all of the kingdoms like need to stay alive because the White Walkers are coming. So it's like Jamie Lannister showed up and Cersei didn't show up, but she like said she was because like there's this like imminent threat. So they all have to band together. They all have to band together, except for Cersei's like still not doing it. So I feel like Cersei's like, I don't know, Ann Coulter. <laughs> That's <laughs> if you're familiar with Game of Thrones, Cersei actually really is Ann Coulter. I don't, I don't want to. I want to want the next 16 months to be about let's impeach Donald Trump. Cause like you said, they tried to do it with Bill Clinton and it didn't work. Right. So I feel like if we just focus on, I don't know, jobs, something, healthcare, immigration, reparations. Fuck. I don't care. Just, just like, not Donald just Trump. Just not Donald Trump. Like the Mueller report came out. It was inconclusive. It's not satisfying to the Democrats. I get it. So then make this next year and a half, make a really solid campaign that's not about impeaching Donald Trump. I I think. I don't know. I don't know shit. (laughs) No, you make a really good point there. I completely agree with you. I don't want to spend the next 16 months listening about how horrible of a president Donald Trump is, how terrible all of the things that he has done or not done are, right. the things that he says, because that's all, that just fans the flames and that just makes him do even more ignorant shit. Well, how about we ignore him and he'll go away? That's kind of how I feel. And you and I talked about this the other day, like off the record. Like, has he actually done anything bad i mean that's i don't know that's not for us to say what it's not it doesn't matter if he's done anything bad or not it's i don't want to fucking hear about it let's hear about how you're going to do better right i think that's a better argument to make and i think a hopeful argument is something that people can get behind not a relitigating the 2016 election and b spending all of their time talking about all the terrible things that Donald Trump says. Because everybody's going to do it. CNN is going to broadcast those fucked up ass rallies yeah. where everybody's screaming and tossing their fucking KKK hoods off. Yeah. Orgasm to the sound of Donald Trump's <laughs> toupee flapping in the wind. Wasn't the guy from the Brady Bunch there? At the Republican... No, Scott Baio was there. Scott Baio, yeah. And Sheila Carter from Young and the Restless. Yes. We decided our Patreon was going to be a Young and the Restless podcast. Because we love Young and the Restless. We do. We actually watched it right before we started recording this. Which is really sad because we're both single. Yeah. We should be watching our boyfriends. But we don't have any. So two notable things that happened that um, nobody's talking about this week. So it just kind of shows like how short term our memories are at this point. Our ADD memories. Um, Julian Assange 
and WikiLeaks. Oh, they fucking dragged him out of that embassy and he was screaming, yes, <laughs> queen, the UK, down with government. Um, the I think the funniest part about that is they said that he was skateboarding through the hallways of the, what was it? Ecuador at the Ecuadorian embassy. embassy yeah and like letting his cat shit everywhere the only thing I know about Julian Assange is that he hacks people's computers WikiLeaks and he was hiding because there's a sexual assault charge on him in Sweden and he was afraid that they were going to extradite him to the United States as far as what he's done I have no idea I don't want to get into it because I could say <laughs> some wrong shit and tech people are fucking scary and I don't want to get killed because I said something insulting about overlord Assange thank you so I have some cool news okay so I went out of town last week and I went to the Texas Library Association Conference in Austin and they had Sarah Holland and Beth Silvers there and they run a successful pol- political podcast called Pantsuit Politics. Um, once you start listening to like one podcast, mm-hmm. you get, you start like finding others. Well, they all like plug each other. So there's like a network of podcasts that I've been listening to and that are constantly being plugged by one another. Mm-hmm. And Pantsuit Politics is one of them. So they were both there. Um, I did not see Beth because she got sick at the last minute. This this um, particular seminar was at like 9 o'clock at night. But I had a chance. I asked her about WikiLeaks um, and Julian Assange. But real quick, Sarah, she worked for the Hillary campaign. Uh-huh. And she lives in Kentucky and there was something else. Her mom is a librarian or was a librarian. So I was just like fangirling all like over the, the hell out. place. Yes. So I asked her about WikiLeaks and Julian Assange and her response was the reason I asked her was because like the core value of librarianship is the freedom of information. Mm-hmm. So the argument on both sides of this whole WikiLeaks thing was do we, is this a freedom of information situation or is he a cyber terrorist and she stated that we need to separate julian assange from wikileaks Mm -hmm. so like he may be a cyber terrorist but wikileaks may not be because of the information they expose and the crimes that they expose exactly so like we need to separate those two things i don't care he sunk the hillary campaign with his fucking bullshit (laughs) emails so good riddance i hope they cut his dick off um, on that note, we'll move over to Kirsten Nielsen or Kirjan. Oh my God. That was so long ago. Nobody even cares about her anymore. She, it was, wasn't that long ago. It was like a week and a half ago. That is like 25 years in the news cycle. I mean, that is very true, but I think it's important to note that like she was head, head of Homeland Security and now she's gone. And bye now bye. she's not something that keeps popping up. That's like of interest to me with that particular situation is that. The whole like child separation thing, mm-hmm. they're all kind of like not taking responsibility for it. And they're like saying that like it came from this policy that was created in the 80s. Obama started the child separation. Hillary Clinton in her emails actually started Hillary the child Clinton and separation. Benghazi started <laughs> the child, child separation. separation policy. No, I don't know. They're a bunch of racists and allegedly, <laughs> in my opinion, and they all fucking did it, and they were excited about it. That's how I feel. I feel like they went in there, and they were like, you know what we're going to fucking do? We're going to separate all these kids because it's going to throw all the liberals into a tizzy because yeah. we're assholes. That's how I feel about it. So Kirsten Nielsen went bye-byes because she couldn't fucking take it anymore because Donald Trump was probably asking her to do some wild shit that she didn't want to do. Right. So as evidenced by the Mueller report, because— Allegedly. 
I don't think it had anything to do with her in there, but it's just an example. All of the crimes that were allegedly almost committed were him telling people to do shit, and they didn't want to do and it. They didn't want to do it. So, so she, she's like a prime example. She's probably of that. one of those. <clears throat> so we don't currently have a head of Homeland Security. Is that well? We also is that true and correct to your knowledge? That is correct. We have a deputy head of an acting head of Homeland Security. And he wears black pants and walks around in a tight black polo, which is always terrifying. Is he hot? He's a big white guy, which again is fucking scary. Is she bisexual? Big mean white guy who is, what? (laughs) Did you ask if no? Again, Kirsten (laughs) Cinema. Why are there so many Kirstens? I don't know because it's a nice white lady name. Let's shimmy on into the next topic, which is. Let's twerk on over to. Town halls because there's. Hey, we were supposed to talk about all the new candidates and we didn't. We only talked about Seth Moulton and that was it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So who else? Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell. Eric Daddy Swalwell. It's very hot in this office. I know. I'm sweating over Eric Swalwell. Tell us about Eric Swalwell. I don't know shit about Eric Swalwell (laughs) other than the fact that he is a congressman from California and he is sexy and has blonde hair and just had a kid. So good for him. Call me. Tim Ryan, um, I watched him on the show that I said I wasn't going to talk about because I talked about it a lot last time. Tim Ryan is also kind of a daddy, by the way. Tim Ryan is from Youngstown. Is he from Youngstown or he just lived in Youngstown? I think his area is somewhere in Mahoning County. Okay, so I'm from Youngstown. He was on the show that starts with a V. And he was talking about the steel mills in Youngstown. Mm -hmm. And now his dad worked for the steel mills and our grandfather worked for the steel mills. That's very exciting. Which connection. I thought was really cool. Um, he tried to mount a challenge to Nancy Pelosi at the end of the 2016 elections, and he promptly got smacked the fuck down. <laughs> so, another one. Who thought they could come for her? Who thought they could? You can't come for Nancy Don't Pelosi. Don't come for Nancy unless she sends for you. Exactly. We were talking about her earlier today, too. What about what? In the 15 hours of television we watched this morning. Uh, probably something along the lines of her being a bad bitch and she should be in a Beyonce music video. She should. I feel like that would be really cool. She's the highest ranking politician female in the history of America. Why isn't she running for president? (laughs) Because she likes Congress and she's good at Congress. That's good. She's the one that showed up with her granddaughter to the. All her fucking grandkids up there. That's all 12 of them. Or eight, or she has a bunch, but they were all up there, like yeah. And she did that the last time they. Elected what do they her call her? Do they call her like Mimi, uh, Lovey, Speaker? Yes, ma'am, <laughs> Madam Pelosi, <laughs> <laughs> Madam Speaker. Who? So who? What other candidates do we have? Uh, we had Tim Ryan, Seth Moulton, uh, and Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell were the most recent three, and they're all congressmen. And just as a little historical. Fact, Bobby's if you rubbing will. his nipples right now. I don't have nipples. The last person to go directly from serving in the House of Representatives to the presidency was James Garfield in 1880. So it's been a long ass time since that's happened. And the closest thing since then that we've had is Gerald Ford went from being House Minority Leader to Vice President to the presidency. What about Taft? Taft wasn't shit well no he was cool because he was president and then became chief justice of the supreme court see that's badass so if you think about it we're like basically famous like 
Chris Hayes <laughs> commented on our Instagram photo, and I met Sarah Holland, who's like semi-famous. Congratulations to us. Yeah, like that's cool. Like we're really we're really out here. <laughs> we're working hard. We are. I've been watching a lot of Morning Joe. Mm-hmm. lately and I've been listening they have like a 45 minute podcast in the morning so I listen I've been listening to that every day and they said this morning that Biden Bernard and Buttigieg are leading the polls yes I'm disappointed in Beto O'Rourke because he is down lots he is but he is there's so many other people that are occupying his territory right now with like all the youth and everyone's like, Oh my God. <laughs> so <What? laughs> you know how they get, they did the same shit with Bernie in 2016 where everybody was like, he's not an old man. He is an activist. He's a leader. He's a, this, be he's nice. a bad. Oh my God. <laughs> Her emails. So I, I mean, he announced his run for presidency and then like, I haven't heard from him since. Well, because he's, like, probably, like, in the fucking car, like, running around screaming at people in the megaphone like he did around Texas for a year and a half. That worked for him, though. It did. I don't agree with the argument that, like, he needs to win his state first, which is what our mother keeps saying, and I want her to stop saying it. Yeah, no, I think that is an incorrect argument. Should we talk about town halls? We've been talking about town halls on and off. Yeah. We just need to address, like, the ones, like, we actually We watched four of them. (laughs) In, like, a very short span. Do not come. For Amy Klobuchar. So we first watched Amy, and then we watched Kamala, and then this morning we watched Bernard, and we watched Pete, Pete Buttigieg. So I have some questions. Do you think that we should take the steps towards impeachment? (laughs) No, I don't want to fucking hear. We're not talking about impeachment. We will not discuss impeachment again on this podcast. No, we won't. We will not. Unless they actually impeach him. Unless they actually. And then I will be screaming into the microphone. Medicare for all. Sure. So that keeps coming up. Healthcare is like one of the biggest issues. Immigration is one of the biggest issues. The Green New Deal keeps being mentioned. So like they keep asking the same questions in like some way, shape, or form to like all of these people. And they all have the same goddamn response. Why would anybody be opposed to, or why are people opposed to the Green New Deal? I don't know enough about it yet. I don't know what's in it. Right. So I can't say. All we know is that it's going to like sort of help us deal with climate change. Because I think... When it comes to start talking about getting rid of carbon emissions and getting rid of coal and things like that, those are people's jobs. Right. So you lose a lot of industry and people lose their work and businesses lose money and people lose money. So you have to, how are you going, is it worth it? Do you think people are thinking that in depth about it? Yes. I don't think so. I think they absolutely are. I think You don't think that because we're not affected by that because we don't know anyone in that industry. But when you're in West Virginia, for instance, and they're talking about cutting carbon emissions and coal, that's coal jobs, factory jobs, because they want to cut emissions. People still work in coal jobs? Yes. I just feel like people don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to be told what to do, and businesses don't want the regulations because no matter what the industry is... Their production means they're probably super, super environmentally unsound. Right. I just, I can't, I don't know enough about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to like give my opinion on her personally, but like, I don't, I guess I, I, I do now based on what you just told me, I couldn't understand why people would be opposed to like helping the earth. Because they don't want it to be at the expense of their jobs. They don't want shit to become more expensive. Those types of energies could potentially be more expensive. Expensive, true. Should prisoners be allowed to vote? I thought that was um, 
that's not a hard question to answer if you answer it in the right way. I don't know, like, where this whole Fakakta idea of letting people in prison while they're physically in prison voting. I feel like that's a bit asinine. I guess they're allowed to do it in Vermont. Well, that's fucking great for Vermont and Maine. But we live in a state where there's violent, violent crime. Yeah. Stop. Um, you and your lace front need to sit still. I'm sorry. I can't. I just get that's. I can't believe that that be. That's going to be like like a thing. Like a thing now is Bernie Sanders literally got up there and was like the Boston bomber should vote. Like yeah, that, that may not work out in his favor. That was like a really stupid thing to say and a really stupid mistake to make. Right. Kamala Harris. I think she said, um, "I'd be interested in having the conversation," and that's where she ended it. No. Uh, I feel like that would probably have been a more appropriate response. No. Or just like not even, I don't know, not telling the truth. Like if that's what he thinks, like don't say that. I think the best response is, is if you are guilty of taking somebody else's life away, you forfeit all of your constitutional rights. But what about when they get out? They don't get out. Yeah, the they boss, do. And that, I think this is a really, on that show. The show we're not going to talk about? Yes. That kid, Moy Mayhar, is not getting out of prison, right? Ever. So that's like an isolated situation. When people get life in prison, but sometimes murderers get out of prison. But then that's a different conversation because they're already out, right? When you are in prison, no, you should not be voting. Like I don't want. And that's what they were talking. What are they going to do? Take like a field trip from the prison, like on the school bus? Maybe they show up with the ballots and the little old lady and the I voted stickers. That's very strange. I think that is why. That's a strange conversation for us to be having. Yeah, I know it's stupid. It seems like they just want more people to vote because now. A question that has continuously popped up was the voting age. Oh, yeah, 16. No, you can't wash your ass right at 16. You can't vote. No. Do you know who I would have voted for at 16? Donald fucking Trump. (laughs) (laughs) I would have voted for, like, the. I would have wrote in, like, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, exactly. I would have been sentenced. I would have been like, Madonna. Nobody needs 16-year-olds voting. Nobody needs 16-year-olds doing anything. I can't believe they are allowed to operate vehicles. I think we have a hard enough time educating and like getting the 18 plus age group out there. Mm -hmm. Like what does Joshua know about politics? Absolutely. Has Joshua ever voted? Joshua is our brother for those who don't know us. Um, I, I don't, I don't. Josh says that he voted for Hillary in 2016. Did he? That's what he says. He's not a liar. No, he's, he's not, he doesn't fib. That's like not a thing he does or he, he doesn't say things just to say things. So I, I would believe that if he said it unprompted. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, but like, where are those kids? I don't know. The 18 to 23 to 24 year olds. Who's educating them on this stuff? Like where are they getting their news from? Are they even watching the news? I think they are a little bit more now than when we were that age, because everybody's a little bit more politically involved than they used to be. Well, and I think that's really good. Except everybody's running to their own corners. There's a lot of misinformation going on out there as well. Right. So it is up to you to educate yourself. I think. Yes, I think that's important. And I don't think that lowering the voting age would be successful. No. Because we would just have more misinformed voters, I feel like. Because then kids would just be voting for who their parents said, which is what we all did at eighteen. Yes. So I feel like no, we're not we're not doing that. I thought this was an interesting question that I have not seen across the board at all in any of these town halls, and we've watched like two hundred of them. Um, somebody asked Kamala Harris, How are you going to protect sex workers? And that was a really interesting question. I heard that as I was walking up the stairs because I did not finish talking about this. That's fine. Um, 
or watching this. Mainly, she said that we're not going to criminalize it. Mm-hmm. If you're engaging in a consensual act, the way the way she explained it was like super classy. She said, if you're engaging in a consensual manner of earning money, then it is not going to be criminalized. But what we have to do is make sure that they are there consensually, mm-hmm. that they're not being trafficked. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting response because sex trafficking is like a huge thing right now. Well, yeah, it's a big problem. And prostitution is a huge arm of that. Are there women out there that are like willingly? Yes, of course. Absolutely. Right. But then there's also some that are there like forced to be there. Yes. And it's hard once you get in there willingly, you could end up potentially being trapped there unwillingly. Correct. So that's interesting. Very seedy. Yeah. That's to be in. I think that is part of a larger conversation that we need to maybe bring up a couple more times just Mm -hmm. to kind of see what the other people would say. How do you feel about this being such a faith-based um, situation right now? Like a lot of these candidates are being asked about their faith, which I don't recall being a big thing in 2016. I mean, religion's always been a big part of it for sure. I just John thought, F. Kennedy, people didn't want him to be president because he was Catholic. I just thought that the religion, quote unquote, thing or like Christianity, whatever, Mm -hmm. like the faith stuff, that was like more of a Republican. No, it's important to everybody. It's just Republicans like to. No, you can't say that. Never mind. I'm not going to say anything bad about Republicans because we're all Republicans and we're all Democrats. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. That like their whole platform is based on like Judeo-Christian values. Yes. And that's not necessarily the case with the other side. No. Um. But it keeps coming up. A lot of them are getting asked about their faith. And I already stated that I feel like it should be separate. Mm-hmm. Personal ideologies are personal ideologies. Not everybody believes the same thing. So you can't really put that on, on everybody on the United States of America. Student loan debt. We didn't talk about that the last time. So we can mention it now. That's another topic that is obviously like one of the most important things going on right now. Mm-hmm. Because... Buddha judge said that him and his husband together accrued six figure student worth of yes. And I went on a bit of a tangent earlier Mm -hmm. and you kind of like reeled me back in. Yes. Um, because I just felt like, does it sound super egg? Like nobody's putting a gun to your head, making you take out all these student loans. Mm -hmm. And like, there are some personal, um, choices being made in that. Like we can't blame it all on a, B and C. But I understand the greater point, which is... It's about the cost. It's not about necessarily people not wanting to work to go to college or making bad financial decisions. College is just too expensive expensive. for people. That is true. And you can't fault somebody for wanting to take out a loan to go to school. I think you can. Not if they feel like it's going to better themselves. Because we're taught that that's really the only way in which to do so. The only way to better yourself. Yes. Correct. I guess I feel like... no. Nobody's at fault necessarily. We mm-hmm. just have to do a better job as maybe parents or counselors or just ourselves personally in educating ourselves, mm-hmm. which is like a part of a bigger conversation. But ultimately, the point is that college is too expensive. Yes. And that people are accruing insane amounts of debt. Yes. And they can't get rid of it. Lizzie Warren, she keeps saying that she's going to forgive. $50,000 of debt. For anyone with $100,000 less or of income yearly. I mean, that would eliminate a lot of people's entire debt. Basically. I don't know how people, the average American, how much their student debt is. Some trillion number. I know it's like 
really expensive for her to do that. Right. But everybody, a lot of the other candidates were talking about student loan debt refinancing, which I think makes fun sense because you get to refinance your mortgage. You can right. refinance your car. You can fucking refinance everything, but you can't refinance your student loan. Like that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And you also stated that you can't get rid of it if you file for bankruptcy. Correct. So it is non-dischargeable. That's, that's kind of a mess to me. Yep. I don't feel like. There has to be like a reasoning behind it. I just don't know what it is. Unless everybody would just start fucking filing for bankruptcy to get rid of their student loans. Right. Which would probably happen. Something that was brought up during Bernie's that I thought was interesting. He stated that Amazon didn't pay any taxes. I don't know how or why that's possible. I know that that's true. I know they. Well, we've heard it twice today because also on that show that we're not going to talk about. They they also said it. And they named some other companies, too, that paid no taxes. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's fair. I don't know how it works. I, they have to pay taxes on something. How do Republicans feel? Well, they feel that they're creating jobs. So they shouldn't have to pay taxes. Correct. Gives them an incentive to create jobs. Right. And to build these big businesses. Job creation is key. To success. Did you know that we have more people in jail than anywhere else in the world? Yes, I did know that. I didn't know that until today. $1.5 trillion in student debt. I couldn't remember whose page it was on that I took notes on. That's crazy. It That's was a Amy Klobuchar's $1.5 trillion in student debt. Why don't we wrap it up for now? And yeah. let's, I want to know your MVP. Most that, who, are, who are you giving the rose to um, this week? I'm going to give the rose to Amy Klobuchar. I really enjoyed her town hall. I think she had really good policy points. I think that she has a very good way of addressing the audience. She's firm. She's tough. I like it. I like what she brings me. She brings me life. So you're giving her the rose. Amy Klobuchar gets the rose. So I was also going to give Amy Klobuchar the rose, but I was going to give her the rose um, for something that she said. And somebody asked her, how can we empower women to like, rise up and like work in like important positions, whether it's in politics, whether it's in whatever. If you are not at the table, you're on the menu. And I thought that was really important because it shows that we are now in a time where like me specifically as a woman, we are being represented Mm -hmm. and it's important for us to be represented because we weren't represented before. Was Hillary the first woman to start running for president? She wasn't the first woman to start running for president, but she's the first woman to really... Like, get it. Get like, it. Like, get it in there. Nice yes. deep like. Yeah. I feel like now that there are all these women, there's going to continue to, to be, be women. more women. So even if we don't get the first woman president this time... It's going to happen it's going because to happen. it's going to become normal for all these women to start running for president. And we have the most amount of women... In the Senate right now? Is that what she said? And in Congress in general, there's over 100 women serving in Congress right now. Right. So. Which is better for us because now we're represented and now the policies that are important to us that aren't necessarily important to men, old white men, the legislation is going to start getting politics. passed. Identity politics, yes. But it's going to start getting passed and people are going to start listening and things are going to start, I feel like things are going to start changing because we are now at the table. And when we weren't at the table, we were on the menu. Amy Klobuchar didn't come to fucking play. She did not come to play. She came to snatch wigs and edges. 
That does it for this episode of Politics. Thank you for your time, your talent, and your treasure. treasure. (laughs) Goodbye. We'll see you next time. Pick us, choose us, love us. No.